I was in a hurry. I had somewhere I needed to be. I bounded down the front steps of the church towards my car. A man stopped me and he said, um, I really need to talk to a pastor. Is, is he in? Uh, can I talk to him? Is he in? I very quickly responded, no, he's gone for the day. I'm sorry. You can come back tomorrow. Now, my answer was technically true. My male colleague had left for the day, and he was planning on being back in the office the following day. And I was tired of people assuming that I wasn't the pastor because of my age, at the time quite young, and gender. But there's no excuse for what I did that day. That was almost 30 years ago, and, and boy, I, I wish I could do that over again. I failed to help this man. I disappointed myself. I disappointed God. I disappointed the church that I love. I share that story because I want to invite you to access um, a similar time. When you disappointed yourself, and others, maybe even disappointed God, a time when life tested you and you failed the test. That's where Peter is at the beginning of this morning's story. But first, let's, let's back up to the events of Holy Week. Now, Peter is uh, Jesus' friend, um, his right-hand man, his colleague, his person. And Peter not only doesn't support Jesus, doesn't show up for Jesus, doesn't stay with him, Peter pretends he doesn't even know Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. He denies even knowing Jesus. It's bad. I, I mean, really, really bad. We can only imagine the guilt, the disappointment, the self-loathing, the shame that Peter carries around with him after the events of that week. Or maybe we can imagine it. Well, back to the events of Holy Week. Jesus is convicted and executed and then on Easter morning, he is raised from the dead. A lot happens in a very short period of time. And at least in the Gospel of John, as far as we can tell, this is the first time that these two men have an opportunity to talk to one another. They have a moment together. And it doesn't play out the way I expect it to. Jesus speaks first. He doesn't accuse, he doesn't blame he, or criticize. He, he doesn't express anger or disappointment. He doesn't ask Peter, um, what do you have to say for yourself? Or how do you plan to make this up to me? Peter is girding himself for that kind of question. He, he deserves that kind of question. But Jesus asks Peter a different kind of question. Do you love me? He asks. Whoa, that 
question. It's, it's so unexpected and, and it is so disarming. And, and Jesus quickly moves this encounter from a place of, of blame and shame um, into this, to, to this place of relationship and connection. And I, I can feel Peter's surprise and, and I can imagine the knot in his stomach loosening up a little bit. And, and maybe he's taking just a slightly deeper breath as he takes in that question. Um, do you love me? You know I do, Peter answers. I, I can hear the warmth and the relief in Peter's voice. You know I do. Jesus asks him the best possible question, a question that opens up possibilities, a, a question that begins to carve out a hopeful future for Peter. Do you love me? You know I do. That exchange is so relational and so real and so beautiful. And this happens Three times. Three times Jesus asks, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Why three times? Well, I can think of a few reasons. Um, there, there's some beautiful symmetry. Peter denies Jesus three times. This happens three times. Um, three is just the perfect biblical number. It appears over and over again in the Bible. Um, or maybe... Maybe Jesus is just going to keep doing this question and answer until Peter accepts the fact that, oh, he and Jesus, they're okay. They are okay. This exchange between these two, it, 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 it's just overflowing with good news. This is just a partial list of things we learn from this interaction. Um, forgiveness is possible. We are more than the worst thing we have ever done. There is always potential for redemption. Jesus doesn't throw people away. There is hope for even us. There's always a second act. We are not defined by our mistakes. We can screw up and still serve God. The future can be different than the past. This is the best news I can imagine. Does it get any better than this? Well, actually, it does. Jesus doesn't just forgive Peter. He has a job for Peter. Jesus is entrusting the work of the church to Peter. Feed my sheep, Jesus says. Loving Jesus, following Jesus, serving Jesus is about feeding his sheep. Jesus says it again three times in three slightly different ways. So it must be really important. Feed my sheep, Jesus tells Peter. If you love me, feed my sheep. Now, I don't think that Jesus is suggesting that Peter is tending a flock of woolly lambs. No, he's telling Peter and the church that Peter will help create to feed people. So is Jesus talking about spiritual hunger or physical hunger? 
Yes. Is Jesus talking about feeding people uh, through the work of the Broad Street Food Pantry or uh, being fed through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper? Yes. I think Jesus is talking about lots of different ways of being hungry and lots of different ways of being fed. And Peter, Peter is going to prove to be just exceptionally good at feeding sheep. Just weeks after this exchange, he emerges as this mature, brave, resourceful, grounded leader of the early church. How is he able to pull off that transformation? Well, I think it has everything to do with today's story. Because Peter knows what it is to be fed by Jesus. That's what's going to enable him to feed others. He knows what it is to be fed by Jesus. Today's passage begins with breakfast. Uh, Jesus serves Peter and the other disciples this, this meal of fish and bread literally feeds them. But that's not even the main course for Peter. That comes later when he and Jesus talk and Jesus offers him this feast of forgiveness, this banquet of redemption. That all sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And there's, oh my goodness, there's even more good news in this passage. You see, we are in, invited to that meal. Both of those meals, actually. Um, we are invited to be fed at, at, at Jesus' table through the sacrament of communion. Um, and we are invited to that, to that feast of forgiveness. We are, we are offered to, to sit down at that table every week. Um, when we hear those words, um, believe in the good news of the gospel and Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. The Feast of Forgiveness, it's offered every week and it's actually available to us every day if we need it that often. I, I wanna circle back to that story I, I shared at the beginning, um, I think it's time to forgive myself for my behavior that day. Or maybe more accurately, I need to accept and embrace Jesus' forgiveness that has already been offered. Um, it's time for me to, to fully embrace the takeaways of this story. We are not defined by our mistakes. We are more than the worst thing we have ever done. There's always potential for redemption. God doesn't throw people away. There is hope for even us. There's always a second act. We can screw up and still serve God. The future can be different than the past. It's time for all of us to accept the new beginning offered by Jesus. We need to do it. Uh, why not now? Because <laughs> there are people to feed. There are people to feed. There are people to feed. Amen.